Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is episode 113 of the Meet Justics podcast. I just had a horrible realization. We have a horrible camera glare today. What do you mean? Because I forgot to wear a hat. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to screw up the ISO. This is probably sure. the 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 first podcast we've ever done. I have not worn a hat. We've got a uh, numerous up there for you to choose from. I'm going to grab free. one. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Yeah, well, the tag can come off. It's all yours, <laughs> at least how I look at it. That's true. They're okay. all yours. Now we can start. Okay, now this we feels can, yeah. better. Yes. So what do we got for today? Okay. So first, let's deal with the food sitting right in front of us. Um, we will get to these, but first I want to go to this. Now, some users may know of a pork called Iberico. Uh, this is a, a pig that I believe originated, and it may still only technically be Iberico if it's from Spain, and it's fed pretty much solely acorns. I have no idea what that does to the taste, but I was in World Market with my wife the other day. She's in terrible mood. Monday? Is it Monday? Yeah, Monday. And I was out doing yard work and I came in and I go, would it help if we went shopping? And she's like, I was just going to go shopping. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I will go with you. Um, and we were in World Market and I saw this. So I thought, definitely, I've always wanted to try a Birico. I'm not paying the $1,500 for that single leg, even though it comes with a really cool holder. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no. So it's you buy a, a whole uh, leg of it. It comes with like it's a wooden bottom, and then it's got a sloped up piece of metal leading to a ring, and you put the bone in there, and then it's got a uh, little, you know, basically nuts that you can twist, and it digs into the bone. So then you trim off the you know the spoiled outside of it and they say it's like the best prosciutto you can basically ever have huh. but it's fifteen hundred dollars for us like one that's crazy people have too much money i really believe that now yeah i don't i don't understand there's so many other things i would do with fifteen hundred dollars than, than buy that. more gold like yeah. there's unbelievably better things to do with that uh, yeah, I I don't know. To each their own. Yeah, I guess. Sure. If you want to do it, you want to do it. But it seems crazy. All right. So let's try this. Just go ahead and grab a piece. So this is a chorizo. Um, so Palacios is the brand name. It's authentically sliced Iberico chorizo crafted in Spain, ready to eat Spanish tapas. It's very fatty. Extremely fatty. I don't like it as much as I thought I would. It's just different. Yeah. It doesn't have the flavor I would expect. It needs more. I can't believe I'm saying this. It needs more salt. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. That needs it's more salt. It's very low on salt, which is yeah. weird for a dried sausage. Right. No preservatives, artificial colors, or flavors. Nitrite or nitrate. Nitrate or nitrite added. Now, that's got to be a lie. That's the old lie that... All natural, no artificial ingredients. So, yeah, they're using um, celery juice powder in lieu of nitrate in there, which is not a great idea. Um, yeah, not a huge fan, to be honest. I feel bad about that. So there's more paprika in there than there is salt. Now, That's I realize good. you want to get that nice red color with chorizo. Yeah, but paprika does like basically nothing for flavor. Yeah. It's just all color. Right. I'm saying it should have had more salt. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't like the the taste and feel it left in my mouth either. It's not, it's nowhere like beaver tail. <laughs> True. It's not good. Yeah. It's just, just, it's too bland and just the texture it leaves behind is kind of funky. So it's bland, but you still get that fat coating in your mouth. So it's like a continuous taste of blandness mm -hmm. that is really disappointing it is could it be just that we got a bad piece i'm gonna try another one i ate two you did mm -hmm. and i'm still trying to dig all that the fat out from my teeth though too just like my mouth wants that salt hit it's got nothing now put some of the marinade on there add some salt to it how bad could we get it? What if we took the Kentucky bourbon <laughs> marinade, put some of it on there? That would be disgusting. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I almost gag just like smelling, smelling it. it. Yeah. I don't like the smell. Okay. So kind of sad. Um, 
our Birico pork chorizo was kind of a failure. I am going to, oddly enough, I don't think we have any just like salt shakers in the studio kitchen. I really don't. If we did, I would put some salt on there. But I've got to pick up more salt on my way home. So we kind of talked about it on a live stream. I've been working on something at home. So I've been doing it incorrectly. Uh, step. I've been doing it correctly for once in like steps. I've only been changing one thing at a time. Um, so I think I have the ingredients about as perfect as I can get them. Um, I'm now just waiting on a replacement for mm -hmm. the one ingredient because we can't gotcha. ask people to eat that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of this will this make sense horrible. eventually. It all, all of it will make sense eventually, just not right now. Okay. Let's go to uh, the chicken. So what we have here are Excalibur will occasionally send us samples of products that they want to see if we want to carry or not. Um, so today we've got a Chipotle habanero marinade, a lemon garlic marinade, and a Kentucky bourbon marinade. Now, to be fair, I hate anything that's Kentucky bourbon except for that basting blend. Remember mm -hmm. the ones that look like like alcohol yeah. bottles uh -huh. that was amazing on chicken so this might not be as bad as it smells it smells yeah. disgusting it is one of those seasonings that when you cook it it has a total different taste and flavor than than just smelling it out of the package so as much as i hate the smell of it mm -hmm. i'm i'm i think it could taste just fine okay so the real question then is first or last do it first okay. so then we can if I we agree. don't like it we yeah. can get we rid can, of the flavor because all uh, to be fair, I have already had the habanero on chicken wings, and it's phenomenal. Nice, juicy chicken. Smoking chicken at low temperature really is the way to go. He caught it. I caught it. Ladies oh, my gentlemen. gosh. Okay. Yep. Yep. I would eat that for yeah, sure. That's good. You need a napkin? No, these pants need washed anyways. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wipe it on the pants. Um, what are you gonna drop? Um, that would also be good on pork. Mm -hmm. That might actually be better on pork than it is on chicken. That's interesting. It could use a little bit more something. Salt. I think it's low on salt. Yeah, it probably mm -hmm. is. Because you get the flavor, but it doesn't feel like the flavor's riding on salt. So the flavor would really enhance more with more salt. Brown sugar, maltodextrin, soy sauce solids. Now, soy sauce solids by themselves are going to have some salt to it, um, but then salt. So salt's the fifth ingredient, fourth mm -hmm. and fifth ingredient. Um, so yeah, they could up the salt on that, but that's not bad. I will probably recommend we carry that because people like a Kentucky bourbon. Marinade. People that like the flavor of bourbon, like you still get that flavor in there without it being as overwhelming as like when you smell it, it smells like you're smelling a bottle of bourbon. So not to completely change subjects, but I'm going to real quick. About two weeks ago, everybody knows I have an enormous problem with energy drinks, right? <laughs> About two weeks ago, I cut down and I allow myself one energy drink a day, single one. That's it. The big change, though, is not so much that. It's that the only thing I drink anymore other than that one energy drink is water. I've drank a truly disturbing amount of water over the last couple of weeks. I feel great. I feel way, way better. I was killing myself with all those energy drinks. But I would average about six two liters of uh, diet Canada Dry ginger ale a week. So about a two liter a day. Now, I still... Yeah like really badly want that but i was looking through the ingredients i'm like i don't know what that is i don't know what that is i don't know what that is i was like it's probably best if i just go back to drinking straight water yeah i don't know these the straw on this does not make that suck like it, it makes it much easier i thought oh, i wouldn't yeah. use this straw at all it's amazing. oh yeah the new yeah the new walton's and meat just sticks tumblers uh uh one them and then them and it I there can't we talk. Here we go. They are awesome themselves, <laughs> but the straw, I love straws in, in those. Some of it is, I think also it helps keep everything colder in there longer because there's less 
open to the air, like just a old school standard Yeti cup. It's got the wide mouth. It's got an opening. Lets more air in. Okay. With the straw and the smaller opening and the straw, just less heat transfer. I don't okay. know. Because I'm no scientist. The these hold ice better than uh, many of my other tumblers. Okay. And I am a tumbler affiction. You are. You have a problem. Is it? Does it hold ice better than like the Arctic or the? Mm-hmm. It does. I think so. Okay. See, I like. I've gone back and forth with it. But here's the problem: is I'll fill up ice in the morning, and then most of the time I'm just filling up water the rest of the time. So mm-hmm. that ice is going to melt a lot quicker because it's got to cool down multiple injections of water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely one of those weird things that I was, you know, kind of excited about, but is has become a staple. And I've only think I've left it one place. <laughs> Other than that, stick with me. Okay, nice. now let's try the Chipotle habanero. Um, so, like I said, fair warning, I've already had this one. Is it actually on hot? chicken wings? It's got some heat to it. It's not it's like it's not gonna burn your mouth, but it's got some heat to it. God, I cook chicken perfectly. Yeah, and I got the end piece there with a little Yep. Wow, it's hot. Hits right on the tip of your tongue <clears throat> as soon as you bite into it. Oh, you're saying that piece had more seasoning on it. Probably did. Probably did. There was more outside than inside because it was a thinner piece and as the edge. Sure. It's not too hot. No. But it's got, like, it has legitimate heat to it. The way it just hits you, like, it make, it's making me, like, oh, struggle God, to talk for, a little bit. Why do I always forget <clears throat> that? He I'm going to sniffle hot, the rest of the podcast or he now, too. the entire podcast. I go, I can't help it. I know. It, I'm not saying you're doing it on purpose. Or that that is really good, though. That's really good. So, yeah, we will definitely be carrying that. That is Chipotle um, habanero. Chipotle habanero. Chipotle yeah. habanero. Marinara. So my, my last comment on it is it's a flavorful heat. Sometimes things, when they're hot, they're just hot. Right. That is a very flavorful heat. Yeah, it does help that the chicken was cooked perfectly. Or marinated perfectly. What's that? I said or marinated perfectly. Oh, marinated. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have Patrick today. We've got Justin Behind the board. Do you want to try some of these? Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, um, so how how quick. how did you cook these? I guess. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay. It's really not bad. Really? Yep, yeah, I I would recommend you do. I'm not going to force you to, but I would recommend you do. I'll try. Okay. Um. So, Justin marinated them in a vac bag, and. We left them in the fridge for what, like an hour? An hour. Then I put it on the grill at 300 for about 30 minutes, um, but it was getting ahead of me. So I bumped that down to 250 for about 15 minutes and then just bumped it up to 350 just to make sure they hit 165. Now, there is an Appendix A for chicken. Mm -hmm. So It's a very complicated Appendix A. Because it's fat. It requires you to know the fat content of your mm-hmm. meat. And yeah. I don't care. I've gotten a lot of junk chicken recently. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Um, I know. I don't notice it as much as like chicken I buy from the store. But when I go to like a restaurant, um, usually like a more of a fast food place, like yeah. a Chick-fil-A or something like that, you can get something that's like good chicken and the next time it's it's trash have you been to this chick this new chick-fil-a over uh-huh. by us is it multiple times yeah, i've never <laughs> i think i've been to chick-fil-a one time but when i was in texas or something i think since it's opened i've been there like f- at least three times that's maybe not four it times. only opened like two weeks ago yeah I know. oh austin my my wife just loves chick-fil-a um and then um i won't say no it's how much good. property do you have do you have over an acre Oh, property? Yeah, like two and a qu- two and three quarters. Give me your back half acre. My wife and I will build there, and I'll just include you in all my cooking. I'm in on that. Oh, that sounds like a great idea to me. <laughs> I would not be opposed. Yeah. And we've doubled up our security. I actually want to buy, like, there's like a field next to our neighborhood at like an 80, and then another 80 that goes down like an L the other way. It's okay. owned by the same person. 
Um, I think I've talked about this at least on a podcast or live stream before. But someday I'm going to call a guy up and be like, hey, see what he wants for it. Yeah. What What would it take? What would you buy that for? I'd love to have like just your house right there. And yeah. then just boom, another 80. That would be nice. Um, you could build on the 80. Do you want to talk at all about what we're doing on Friday? Sure. So Friday morning, Austin and Leo are coming over to my house and we are going to do some fishing. Now, the town pumped my pond because I assume it's because they hate me. Um, and I've not <laughs> caught any big bass since then. Uh, I have caught plenty of littler things, but I'm going to throw out the night before. I've got uh, <clears throat> like a bait trap. So I'm going to put a chicken wing in there, throw it out the night before. And I do have um, crayfish. So hopefully we can fish with some crayfish and catch uh, some crappie. And don't have any smallmouth bass down here. But did you yeah, see rare. there was a. Uh, Oh, what was it called? It was called a something smallmouth. Yeah, whatever. Right. It was a smallmouth bass. It was caught in, I want to say Iowa. It, first of all, was huge. I mean, huge. And it was like straight yellow and black. It was like no smallmouth bass I've ever seen before. I got, well, I am unreasonably excited about it. <laughs> all right, let's try the last one. It's lemon pepper or lemon garlic. And you've already had this one, right? You already bit into a piece. I just tasted the seasoning. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a very good lemon garlic marinade. Now, <laughs> my sniffles are starting. In the past, we were a little bit more hesitant to carry extra marinades because they didn't sell well. Mm -hmm. Over the last couple of years, we've built them up to selling, I would say, fairly well. Um, if we had to pick, say you had to pick two of these of three of these, what would you pick? Oh, the... Hold on, let me write mine down first. Okay. I I would, I mean, first, hands down, the Chipotle habanero. Absolutely. That one's the top one. Yep. Then, oh, I mean, I would probably say the lemon pepper garlic, just because I like that one better, mm -hmm. but... I kind of feel like the bourbon marinade might do better just because so many people are just like, oh, it's a lemon pepper chicken. Right. Uh, it's generic. It's whatever. Yeah. But I think that one's better than the bourbon. I, so I agree. And I wrote down KB and Chipotle. So Kentucky <clears throat> bourbon and Chipotle. Because this A fills a need and people who want that will be more excited about that than another lemon garlic. Mm -hmm. Like everybody and their cousin has one of those yeah all right let me try one more piece of this just to confirm i still like it <laughs> uh, but what i think is going on with the chicken so i'm the fresh chicken i buy at the store is what i'm complaining about i think they're blowing it out when they're injecting it like it says it's only injected to 15 percent, but there's like you could see the stress lines on the proteins and like inside of it it's not like forming together well anymore it's almost like hmm. it's already blown those bonds yeah that's not bad justin what'd you think yeah it was good i i definitely i'm not a huge fan of the kentucky bourbon but just kind of like austin said i feel like it might just be a personal preference thing but yeah uh, lemon pepper was like very generic but very good still and uh what was the other one chipotle habanero oh yeah no that was my favorite that's for sure. the one yeah that's definitely the one we made wings on those the other day and we used that uh, Mr. Barbecue hanging rack. Yeah. They were top notch. Um, I forget his name. Uh, I want to say it's Garrett. No, it's not Garrett. New guy? Yes. Garrett. It is Garrett. I'm awesome. Uh, so Garrett, we have somebody here who is also from basically my hometown. So he and I were talking. So he just happens to be around a lot. Like, you know, he does a lot of things when I'm having food. So I've just been like, hey, there's this in there. There's that in there. He's like, this is great. Like, yeah, it doesn't happen like this all the time. Like, you're getting lucky. <laughs> That's but, cool. Yeah, we've cooked a lot recently. I made 50 pounds of habanero barbecue snack sticks yesterday. Um, then I made 100 pounds of bratwurst this morning, Philly cheesesteak with Swiss, and jalapeno popper with mozzarella. So all of those are for this weekend. We're doing a Zubilee. And then I've made uh, some jerky. I was doing that all last week. So I've just been 
doing a lot of processing recently. Um, I did buy some more uh, beef that I want to try something slightly different with the beef jerky, um, just because I'm not thrilled with how that be the tender beef jerky threw turned out this time. We'll still have enough to like, you know, we'll win still. I really think- Will we though? I was thinking about it. So for those of you who don't know, the first Zubilee we went to, the end of the night, some guy came up to us, some random guy we've never seen before and says, you won, act surprised. And we couldn't have been any more surprised because we had no idea it was a competition. <laughs> so we're like, all right, well, we are surprised. Everybody leaves me. I cooked all the food. Every bit of it I cooked there. That's what won- Colton goes up and accepts the check, and they all left me as I'm continuing to hand out samples. Well, if it makes you feel any better, he didn't keep the check. <laughs> no, I know he didn't. <laughs> then um, they gave us this huge check. And just being honest, I'd had one or two, so I got a little mouthy, and I was going around with the check to other vendors and like showing <laughs> off. So the next year, our line was longer than the previous year, all night long. They announced no winner. So I'm thinking they saw what happened the first year. And they're just like, all right, we can't do a winning vendor anymore. So if they don't do it, that's going to be disappointing. No, well, we are considering ourselves the winners of last year, too. We're reigning champs. So unless they pick a new winner, we've won three years in a row in my mind. That's how that goes. It makes sense to me. I, I have never been just because bad time of year. September hits, and I have too many things going on. Sure. Uh, um, every almost every weekend, there's like multiple things, and I have to say no to stuff, and it, it makes me yeah, the makes me upset. But it, I want to go to Zubilee sometime because everything I've heard from you and Colton, it's it sounds amazing, and just tons of people, and everybody loves uh, what we do there. Yes. But. So it's really fun because everybody wants to try what we have, and that's nice, and the people are super nice. But what I really enjoy about it is people watching. If you like to people watch, that is the event in Wichita. It is Wichita's Kentucky Derby. <laughs> all the girls wear their like sundresses and hats. All the guys wear like, you know, they're way overdressed for hot outside at a zoo. So it's not like a shorts and t-shirt type of thing. We wear shorts and t-shirts. Okay. It's like the upper class of Wichita comes out and they're, you know, fun to kind of poke <laughs> gotcha. at. It's like, oh gotcha. yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is a great time. If anyone's in the Wichita area and looking for something to do this Saturday, it's probably already sold out. But probably if you wanted to and you can, it is a really good time. All right. I'm going to clear this out so that we can let other people try it after. Um, and then uh, we'll get into Meat Matters unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Nope. Sounds good. Okay. So I have shorts on because this area, this room gets really stuffy when we turn off everything. And I am a serial sweater, so. Do you think I could buy another portable air conditioner and we could just run them both into the same vent over there? I'd go buy. I'd go buy another one. If How you. do you mean? Explain. Well, they, uh, that one vents to the ceiling. Yes. Instead of running another one up another vent, could we just get a little Y adapter for that vent? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Hook two in there. Yeah. So like two could go in there. Yeah. We're losing that. Um, do you remember when we built the kitchen, we got the cabinet that mm -hmm. was extra and damaged? We're losing that, and we're replacing it with some dry curing cabinet your brother and father were talking about. They don't want to put it in there, and I told them that we could definitely put it in here. <laughs> no problems with that. Okay, yeah. So if we get that, I'm finally going to start making dry cured stuff, and then the weight shall truly start coming. I expect to, that will put 30 pounds on me. Because even yeah. though I don't like this, I'm still eating it. Even though I don't like it, the yeah. the The only good thing about that is you can only make so much dry cured stuff at once, so you may not have an issue because you're going to make a batch and then you're going to eat it all, and you're going to have to wait three months before you get more. Yeah, I won't. No, it sucks. That sucks. I don't like even the taste. Hold on. Yeah, so John's searching through cabinets right now, trying to find something to put on our um, dried sausage chorizo. Okay. Is that? Oh, I thought that was rock salt. I'm like, nope, I've no, got straight not. kosher salt. We're going to try that first, 
And then if that doesn't work, we're going to try um, the bomb from uh, Spiceology. Bomb's a mixture of salt, pepper, and a little bit of garlic. But I'm going to coat mine both sides. That's a lot of salt. That is like an, an Austin level of salt. <laughs> I am very proud salt. of you. I mean, it's instantly better, for sure. All I taste is salt. <laughs> Definitely better. All right, so I just, am I enjoying the taste of the salt more than I'm enjoying the taste of this? Okay, with a reasonable amount of salt on there, that helps a lot. It does help a lot. I still don't like the finish, though. It's still doing the same texture thing like, to my mouth that I... I don't know how to describe it. It like makes it like feel really dry. There was I don't know a brand of this that somebody brought us because somebody, one of our customers, was making it. And we all unfortunately didn't enjoy it. The processing, whatever they did with that, they're doing with this. I hate to say it, but this tastes kind of like. I don't know, like Matt, but you can't even say mass produced. Like I love mass produced Hormel salami or pepperoni. It's amazing. I love me some Vienna sausages. Oh God, yes you do. Um, but yeah, okay. Oh well, what can you do? Spanish people don't know how to make chorizo, obviously, even though they're the ones that created it. I would think it's got to be mainly just the seasoning. Yeah, although the the I don't know that dryness that it, as soon as else. I chew it, it hits my mouth and it makes it feel like it's super dry, and it's something else. But I can't really I can't figure out how to describe it. That's an additive they're using. What's doing it that? Be. It's some additive. It feels like they tried to add fat as an oil. I think that's what's going on. Tex is coming tomorrow. I'm going to save someone from this and make him eat it and say that we loved it. And then be like, what is wrong with you? How do you not love that? That'll be good. So do we have anything else then? Or do we want to jump into meat matters? No, now for we can the day? meat matters. Sorry. Oh, wait. No, I do have one more thing. Generally, just this is kind of funny. Uh, what you like about or what I like about dry cured sausages like uh, pepperoni, salami, Part of the taste you're enjoying is the putrefication of the fat. I've always found that funny. It's like the fat is putrefying, and that's the process it's going through, which generally you think of as disgusting, not something you'd want to eat. That's part of the flavor of the dry cured sausage. So, all right, before we go on to uh, meat matters, let's talk about a recent plant that has opened. Um, there's Dorsey Processing. It's in Pryor, Oklahoma. Uh, the plant is owned uh, by locals Charles and Pam Dorsey. Charles and Pam have over 50 years of beef cattle experience um, and are also, they own the beef cattle operation Dorsey Ranch. So they're going to raise, slaughter, and sell. Uh, they're booking custom beef appointments. You can call 918-373-4942 if you're in the prior or anywhere around there in Oklahoma or visit their Facebook account for more information. Um also, it didn't include a picture, but they have like the barn building. I really like that look, like the like a barn dominium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like I, that's what I'm going to build on the back of your property. If you a barn dominium, if you want to go have these, there's a there's a, about 140 acres with a sweet barn dominium for sale that I would love to buy. Is it I, down by your wife's? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've talked about that to me in the past. Yeah, I have these with you. I just i i can't um, i can't give up my five minute drive, or three minute drive. I just oh, I, can't. It oh, makes everything so convenient. No, me neither. This has to be like in addition to. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, that's not here. happening. That's not happening. <laughs> that's why I can't afford it. Got oh, it. I could. I probably couldn't afford it. Uh, regardless, regardless anyway, but <laughs> probably not. All right, on to meat matters. Um, first one: uh, more Iowa farmers consider double cropping amid. <clears throat> USDA change. So found this fairly interesting. Uh, Iowa farmers are going to plant a second cash crop, soybean, and the crops look actually really good, which is surprising because is Iowa not having a drought? Is it really just Kansas and west of us? 
Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know where it starts and stops, but it's, I don't, usually droughts are not like the entire country. It depends on where the jet stream is coming down and going back up and where it kind of shifts to. But so wherever that is, there's a break and a split where there will be drought and then normal rain and extra rain. It's always like, I must have a, a poor understanding. I mean, I've driven to Iowa. It's not that far away. No. And Missouri has plenty of rain. They got those. I always point to you when I think of Missouri. So you're already tied in as my Missouri person. No. Um, They had those two like ridiculous rainstorms, whatever you want to call them. So, yeah, I guess I am just thinking my weather is everybody's weather in the Midwest. Uh, But. Uh, I'll plant rye in the fall and soybeans in the spring, said Fayette County local farmer Lauren Steinledge. Before, it was illegal to insure those soybeans. So the change the USDA made was they can now insure their second crop. So is this just a state thing or is this a countrywide thing? Because at least the the fields around my house, like they're always double planted. They don't do one crop a year. So no, no, no. I think it's the insuring. So they just they can insure one of them, but not both of them. Now they can insure both. Of them. Yeah, insure both. Well, that's okay. I guess that helps. But if you were on, in my mind, you'd be crazy not to not to do, insure. Do no, do two crops regardless whether you can insure it or not. I mean, that's a lot of cash you're leaving on the table, um, and a lot of it is stuff that I would think would be fine. I yeah, mean, but so. Not insuring the crops, I mean, that's a huge risk. Yeah. The one thing I heard, and I think we talked about it when we were talking to uh, um, the COO last week, was, no, I read this in an article. You can tell a really good farmer and rancher not by how much money they make in good years, but by how little money they lose in bad years. I thought that was a really interesting like way to look at it. Yeah. I don't know. Now I, I kind of want to talk to somebody who's a, been a farmer for a while. And I was just know. thinking if, that we need to get a farmer it, on here. Yeah. So if if anybody on Meatgistics listening to this, if you're a farmer, you need to go to meatgistics.com and find the post for this episode. Let us know and let us know what you do. Do you plant at least two crops every year? Are you insuring one and not the other? And does does the change on that make a difference to you? If you're not a farmer, if you know somebody who is and you can help us get somebody to talk about stuff. Uh, we could talk to, um, I can't believe I can't remember his name. He was on the podcast. He sold farming equipment and technologies. This is like a year and a half ago. What is his name? He's still on Meatistics, still active. Can't think of his name. Oh, if yeah. not, we can go yeah. back and find uh-huh. him and um, see okay. if he can either hook us up with somebody or you know, maybe just answer a few of our questions. Okay. Yeah, because the majority of my farm knowledge comes from movies. I mean, that's really, <laughs> that really is what it is. The mo- uh, Most of mine comes from uh, my dad. I mean, that's, that's what he grew up doing like as a kid, like his grandpa um, had a farm. Um, he worked for a couple different farmers through high school and after high school. Um, he, st- he will still talk about back in the day, mm-hmm. driving on oh, the tractor. We didn't have cabs. and it- Dude, I'm not far away from starting to do stuff like that myself. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I could, I could ask him too and see if he, if he knows anything anymore, but I don't know. Be interesting to find out, see somebody's insight yeah. into things here. All right. Speaking of your dad, the next article is courteous of courtesy of him. It is from farmanddairy.com and it's all hats, no cattle and little chance. So this is actually a really good article. This is the perfect week to talk about it because it's sort of uh, a rebuttal in a certain way against the podcast we held last week. What this is talking about is this is not the first time that we've seen beef prices, cattle ranchers, all of them or all of that getting squeezed and had cattle ranchers band together and say, okay, well, we're going to open this plant. We're going to do it ourselves. The main point of the article is that it rarely, if ever, has worked out. Like it doesn't actually get to either 
Um, most of them don't ever break ground, and the ones that do generally don't succeed. Now, I would say that I don't think that applies um, to our previous guest because, A, the amount of capital they have available to put behind this they're bringing in super experienced people, and I really feel like there is a need for what they're doing. Like I think the market will reward them if they can get this up and going. So while it's always good to hear the opposite side, and it's always good to look at things, sometimes the glass half full, sometimes glass half empty. You know, keep a, a reasonable expectation on it. But I don't think it's um, I don't think it really applies to this. What was interesting in this, um, and not interesting, interesting is the wrong word for it. Um, uh, one of the people who was talking about this is uh, Mike Calicrate from Calicrate. Is it Calicrate Beef Ran Processing? Uh, Ranch Foods Direct. Ranch Foods Direct. They're they're one of our customers. Yep. Uh, and Ranch Foods Direct is actually a pretty phenomenal service. From everything I've heard, I haven't tried it yet, but. Uh, his his take was on it was uh, the bet I would make is that the plant will never be built because there just aren't enough cattle to support a new plant that size. Not in South Dakota, not anywhere. It's all talk. Yeah, I mean that's the interesting thing, um, and kind of kind of why I asked one of the questions um, on was that last week's podcast is uh, the eight thousand head a day plant they're built they're planning on building in south dakota like are they planning on competing directly against the big four or do they see like another hole in the market they're gonna fill or some other avenue they're gonna take because that is a that is a lot of beef i mean now it's eight thousand head a day capacity i don't think true. they're even saying we're gonna do eight thousand head a day they're just saying that is the capacity of this yeah, I mean, if, if we built, if yeah. <coughs> you know, a six hundred thousand square foot building, but we're only using two hundred thousand of it, we would still say our facility is six hundred thousand square feet. Yeah, but at some point, I mean, you have to utilize so much of it to even make money or be profitable. If you build an eight thousand head day plant and you're only doing five hundred. You're, well, yeah. you're going to lose money. Sure, so that's, but that's you're a still huge be, disparity. Yeah, you're still talking thousands. I mean, they're yeah. going to probably – I would bet that they're still shooting to at least be f at 50% capacity. Yeah. Still. I so 4,000 head a day, that. you're – yeah, that's still a lot of beef that, that unless they're doing something new and different, they're going to have to be taking supply from somewhere else. Um, even if, yeah, even if you're not competing directly against the big four, you're going to be competing for resources. Uh, what are you talking about for resources? Be beef. Okay. So we are talking Cows about to slaughter currently. Um, so this number, unfortunately is from January, 2014. So I don't know what that's doing as good. Um, but it says 88.2 million cattle and calves. And that was the smallest herd size since 1952. So it has grown since then. Bad side. Is just sold off a bunch of them again because of this insane drought. But don't know. Uh, we are hopefully going to follow up with them in a couple of months um, further down the line, so we can ask those questions as well. My yeah, my last last thing there. My biggest hope is if somebody is the one plant we talked to, um, the other one mentioned in the story. If whoever it is or multiple people, if they can get their foot in there, I mean, it's going to be hard because you don't get to 85% market share without yeah. uh, there being a big reason. But if somebody can do it, I think it's it's got to be because part of what this article talked about and um, what Curtis talked about last time is uh, innovation. And they're starting with a blank canvas mm -hmm. and being able to do things different. So it will be interesting to see what new and different processes come about if all of this transpires how does one of their plants look like compared to somebody else existing out there i think they'll look vastly different very, very i would assume very different uh and it is western legacy development corporation we keep saying them so that's who we're talking about that's the eight thousand head a day um it's associated with kingsbury and associates okay with the big four owning 85% of a multi-billion dollar, in, I mean, multi-multi-billion dollar industry a year, 
Do you think these people at uh, Legacy are concerned at all about like getting attacked and not like through social media? I mean, when you put that amount of money into anything. Oh, like it, it definitely happens in the pharmaceutical industry. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, corporations can be pretty brutal and cutthroat with each other, but are you saying we're allowed to? No, oh, <laughs> you're not allowed to, darn, I was hoping. but I don't know the, the optimist inside me looks at stuff like that and says, nah, because I mean, you're always going to have people that are going to naysay. They're going to say it can't be done. You're not going to do it. They're going to tell you why you shouldn't do it. They're going to throw rocks at your ideas. Um, and, and as you're moving along, but I don't think they'll have a problem. I, I think, I think for someone to succeed like that, what is they're they're going to come across either a roadblock so massive that they just go, you know, this isn't worth it mm -hmm. anymore. Or they're going to get far enough into the project and they're going to run out of money and they're just going to go, we can't get more, we can't get more funding. This is what we got. And we either got to make it make with this do. or we have to cut our losses and get out. But if someone has, someone has the drive to do it and they can get past the money hurdle and that knowing that, yes, this is what we think we're going to put into it. But when that dries up, do you have a backup plan that I think somebody can do it? It's just that requires a lot of drive because that that 85% control from the big four, I mean, you don't get to 85% control without there being huge roadblocks for entry. And the, the roadblocks for entry are mostly around uh, regulation. The more, yeah. the more regulation you have in an industry, the harder it is um, to enter um, or even exit. So you don't think they need to be concerned? Like, I'm talking about their physical safety. Oh, no. You don't think so? No. Okay. I don't think so. Real quick, one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about um, because our we couldn't get Megan on because our technology or something was not working correctly, not her fault. But something that just kept coming up every time I was researching her was uh, sustainable family wealth was like one of their goals. And I thought that was really cool. Like that's Kingsbury and Associates, not uh, Western Legacy. Mm -hmm. Like they work on investing um, and land management, but with the goal of keeping that wealth in families, which I thought is a pretty cool thing. You don't hear yeah. a lot of people with that as like a stated goal. Mm -hmm. I think it, from the sound of it, their yeah, their uh, whole structure and how they're moving forward is all private. It's not mm -hmm. uh, yep. public. It's not. Um, not with a plan or intention of, of creating a public entity, um, which I think is cool. On one hand, sometimes it's cool to have a public company because there's certain things you can find out about them that you can't find out when otherwise. Private, right. Yeah. But on the other hand, when you have a private corporation, uh, the motives can be different. Um, for like, for example, around here, like, we're not a public corporation. If we we're a public corporation, things would be a lot different. Mm -hmm. There would be a lot more pushing and uh, grinding for every last dollar sure. and making sure that the company is the most profitable that it absolutely can be. But you, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your investors, to your stockholders to give them the best return. Yeah. Well, it still applies. I mean, uh, me, my dad, and my brother, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to make money off of this. Right. Uh, we're not doing this uh, with the intention of losing money. No, um, obviously not. But at the same time, like we have some level of understanding that um, we're we're not going to beat the employees senseless until we squeeze every last drop. That's of, a lie. Uh, <laughs> You've beaten me numerous times. <laughs> You're an exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get but, that. And we're not we're not going to squeeze every last ounce of of money and energy out of our customers we're not going to not be torture our vendors we want to be good with vendors good with customers good with everybody we want we want it to be an enjoyable experience what the 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 goal first and foremost is not to just make as much money as you humanly possibly can yep. but when you turn into a public corporation i think that that is almost the goal that you have to have another thing that weirds me out and we'll move on after this is corporations as people I don't like that. It's a weird deal. Yeah. There's a there's a lot that goes into that. I'm sure, but I, just the that. whole process or the whole yeah. uh, aim behind it. 
All right, moving on. Uh, this is the Dutch city banning meat advertising. This is from timeout.com. Um, ask any vegan about the meat industry and they'll no doubt chew your ear off about the root, or it's the root of all evil. And you know, they do sort of have a point. No, they don't. The meat industry feeds billions of people without the existing meat industry with warts and all. If you just removed it, hundreds of millions of people die of starvation the next year. That's not even a question. So demonizing the meat industry, not, not a smart move. Um, I found it interesting with the Netherlands doing this because they are having all sorts of other interesting agricultural problems recently. I don't know if you've kept up on that, um, but they've basically forced their farmers to stop farming. Really? Yep. Yep. The Netherlands, and there's another country that's having uh, – the same issue somewhere in Europe. Um, but it says one city in Netherlands agrees. It's taking drastic action. Harlem, H-A-A-R-L-E-M, about 10 miles from Amsterdam, will become the first city in the world to ban advertising of meat in public spaces. Who is this for? Is it This is just like a, a sop or throwing a little red meat to the crazy vegans. Yeah. I don't want to see it. <laughs> it offends me. Right? Yeah. I don't I don't understand that. I mean, I, I just hope stuff like that just stays overseas and, and just doesn't come over here. So I was thinking about this the other day. Back in like the 80s and 90s, the US, like it's our main export, other than the petrodollar, really was our culture. Like we spread our culture throughout the mm -hmm. rest of Europe, all sorts of South America, Africa, not as much Asia. Um, but that has changed. Like we are now importing culture from other places. And that is a major problem. We were talking about the, uh, uh, the sustainability meat tax last week. And you said it was in the UK. You're like, oh, I hope it doesn't you know, spread. And I was like, it's going to. Like this, at least this idea is going to be pushed here as well. They used to not happen. I, I think some, some of those ideas on when it relates to like taxes, that has an easier time of spreading rather than like what this article is talking about, just because if it, if it relates to money and government being able to collect more of it, then it's like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Oh, yeah, we'd love to do yeah. that. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Next article. Whole Foods sued over deception in antibiotic free meat. Uh, since 1981, Whole Foods has claimed that all of the animals within its supply chain are raised without antibiotics. However, an independent laboratory found antibiotic residue in the antibiotic-free meat and uh, bought from Whole Foods in a store in California. Um, there's a nonprofit group called Farm Forward. They are creating a class action lawsuit. Um, among the findings, Farm Founder, residue of antibiotics that can be used to promote growth in cattle in meat produced labeled organic and antibiotic-free. <clears throat> so, it's just all... It's all a lie. I've long said this. Nobody goes to stores. There's no government organization or any organization that goes to stores, takes a Pringles box or canister off the shelf and actually tests how much sugar or, you know, how many carbs are in there. It's just you put whatever you want in the label. Yeah, you're going to get sued eventually, but who cares? You made billions of dollars. I'm going to create sugar cubes and call them sugar free. <laughs> sell them be like these are sugar free you get sued so fast oh, yeah. yeah sell a billion of them first yeah i don't know i i want to i want to know more about this because how i want to know how if they're claiming it's antibiotic free how um how were they testing it and seeing that it said they can have as much as 20 percent more than conventional meat how like what is someone is someone truly being deceptive or is this somehow one of those things that would be similar to uh, nitrites and nitrates yeah. and celery juice powder and people saying it's uncured bacon with no nitrites added. But in reality, that could have more nitrites in it than a standard bacon. Would. It's probably like they consider amoxicillin an antibiotic and, you know, amoxaglobicillin is not an antibiotic. I'm assuming that's what it, yeah. what it is. But, <clears throat> I mean, what do you want the, 
the ranchers, the even the feedlot owners to do. Do you want them to keep the animal like healthy and safe until it's time for harvesting, slaughter? Or do you want just like, nope, no antibiotics, things sick, just let it suffer, kill it now and harvest the, you know, sick meat? Personally, you can't have it both ways. Personally, I'd rather have all the antibiotics. Give it to yeah. me. I'd rather have the healthy cow. Now, there, there's some dangers associated with that. Creating a super bug, obviously, one of them, an antibi antibiotic-resistant um, bug. But, I mean, we're all going to go sometime. Something's going to get us. Yeah. So why not sooner than later? So it'd just be uh, Stephen <laughs> King's The Stand. I'm ready for it. Um, why Beyond Meat slid 23.7. Now, this is from The Motley Fool. I try not to use them. I don't know what you know about the Motley Fool, but they use no bylines, except this one does have one. And basically anyone can submit an article to them. So it's really more of like a message board than a, a reliable news source. But this article was interesting. Um, it says Beyond Meat released a disappointing set of earnings for its fiscal 2022 second quarter that not only saw revenue dip year over year, but also saw the companies report a significant higher net loss. Beyond Meat also reported a gross loss of 6.2 million for Q2, while its net loss ballooned nearly fivefold from 19.6 million to $97.1 million. That's insane. That is insane. What it all comes down to is nobody wants to eat your gross fake food. It's not real food. I refuse. It shouldn't even be able to have meat in the name. Like I get the whole word beyond meat, but you are still trading off the word meat there. Do you eat any beyond meat? Uh, no, I haven't tried any. Have you ever tried any of the fake meats? Uh, my mom used to get like some kind of fake bacon. Is that what yeah. that would be? Yep. Yeah. So yep. like, same thing. Yeah. So my wife eats uh, a lot of the, the fake stuff. Um, one of them is this stuff called Grilla, Griller's Crumble. So green package. It's actually pretty good. Really? But it's definitely not meat. Like it's just a different thing. And then that same company she gets a bacon from, that tastes like cardboard. Yeah. I don't know how she eats it. No, it tasted awful. It's like, disgusting. Nothing like, like real bacon. <laughs> the texture sucks. Mm -hmm. The taste sucks. The only thing that they get somewhat right in there is it'll be like a, a rectangular piece. And it will have like the, the fat does like a curve through it. So it actually kind of looks okay. But man, it tastes like cardboard. Yeah. It's disgusting. I absolutely hate it. I don't know. So I'm not as like, I feel like I'm not as down on them as you are. Because <laughs> I, I think it's something that will stay and it will last. It's going to forever stay a minority of the overall market. But um, I think it's something that pe some people will care about enough. They don't care what it tastes like and they'll they'll continue to eat it. But I, I, I look at this as almost similar to like the Western Development Legacy Corporation, what they're doing when we talked with Curtis about the 8,000 head a day plant, something like this, they're trying to get into the meat industry into a mass market uh, type of deal. And it is going to take a lot of money. Uh, they're losing, what'd that say? Uh, $97 million in a quarter. Like that's what it's going to take for someone to upend the market and change what goes on out there is you're going to have to push and push and push so hard and you're going to lose a ton of money. But it. Western Legacy Development Company with their 8,000 head a day place is coming in on an established product. These people are trying yeah. to push a new product that really people don't want. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same, but you're still trying to take away market share from that existing market mm -hmm. for something else, whether you're replacing it with a one-for-one -one or you're replacing it with a substitute or something totally different, you're still, um, you're still to get your demand, mm -hmm. you're going to have to take demand from somewhere else. And to do that, it's going to take a lot of dollars. Yeah. And to be fair, the 97, 96 point whatever million uh, loss, they could have just decided they wanted to realize a bunch of loss in like one quarter. So they could be stacking that in there. Yeah. With their net loss though, or their gross loss actually being a loss instead of a gross profit, they have a gross loss. I mean, they, they definitely have a sizable net loss, but yeah, it could be inflated depending upon when they decided to realize some of those losses. Right. Yeah. So they could be doing that. All right. Uh, 
biotech. You can taste and now eat cultured eel meat. No, grown. I, I saw this the on same the list, way as and I just wanted to punch you in the face. Why so, are we talking? About so this? we gave you the good food. We've got one more thing to try today. No, you're serious? No. Okay. No, I'm not. Oh, I just wanted I even, to see your face. I before we start, I even asked Justin. I'm like, John's being like really sly about this. Do you know what he's what he's doing? Is it eel? And he's like, no, it's not eel. <laughs> so if you really would have had it, I just would have so I would have died in Austin did not want to do the eel today, but we are gonna be doing it. Uh probably once you get back from your trip, we're gonna go do it. That's the only reason this article's on here. It's not interesting okay. at all, really, to be <laughs> okay. honest. Uh, all right, last article for the day, um, and this just made me unreasonably mad. Uh, it's from greenqueen.com.hk, whatever HK is. Hanoi, Korea? No, that doesn't make sense. Hot Korea. That's Hong Kong? Is. Yeah, that would probably make more sense. Um, medieval kings didn't eat a lot of meat. You probably shouldn't either. First of all, the entire idea that I would want to live anything like a king is ridiculous. Monarchy is a disgusting practice in my mind. Letting one family rule over an entire country because how they were or who they were birthed by is, is a ridiculous practice. So I don't think you're making the point you want to there. Second, uh, this author is involved with uh, something called the-ethos.co. When you go to it, it is the most elitist, like fashion forward, ridiculous website I've ever seen. The real reels, th this is on their homepage, the real reels 2022 luxury buying guide or real estate or resale report, sorry. The real reels 2022 luxury resale report. I'm, I know we've talked about it recently a bunch of times, but I'm really fed up with these city living, you know, ridiculous college degree people writing things, thinking they're so much smarter than everyone else and that they get to tell us how to live. That is not the way things work. You live in a disgusting environment that poisons the water for tens and hundreds of miles around where you live. You breathe disgusting air. My air is beautiful. I live in a city that's small enough and reasonable that we're not overly polluting the entire environment around us. Stop trying to tell me how to live my life. Like but, this is going to eventually be what sets off like worse and escalating bad feelings in this country. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely very different cultures between people that are um, from rural America and growing uh, the majority of, of the food for the country versus people that live in the middle of a big city mm -hmm. and are doing more intangible things in nature. Um, tangible products like yep. beef, pork, chicken, and crops versus intangible trading of stocks in or, downtown New York. Or writing of articles about how we should be living. Yeah. And or making videos on how to, oh no, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I just think it's unfortunate that people can't see other people's side to the story because neither side would exist without the other. Yep. And yet it's just a, it's kind of a nitpick. Like, well, I think you should do it this way. And no, I think you should do it that way. It's, it's all just unfortunate. But yeah, I don't want to tell them how to live in their cities. I just want them to shut up. So when I talk to argue with people from back home, one of the things they always bring up is like, well, you know, all those Midwestern states are like a net drain on take more money from the federal government than they put in. It's like, okay, <clears throat> let's start doing, or let's stop doing that and let your food cost what it actually costs. Cause that's where that money is going. You're going to start paying $5 for a tomato real quick you'll realize that eating is a lot more important than the tech company you have that mm -hmm. lets you post to Facebook and Twitter at the same time. Like none of that stuff actually matters. Well, it can matter just not in, in the basic form of human existence, but uh, things can still matter and, okay. and contribute to okay. yeah, things yeah. overall. That's it's just basic existence. It doesn't matter. If yeah, right. 
in an emergency situation doesn't matter first very much matters so yeah and that's yeah that's about that the one i think it was this article oh the medieval king one yeah now i'm looking forward because now i don't remember are you talking about how they found that they didn't eat that meat that much meat no it isn't here so when it's talking about um meat consumption the other thing that i i love every time i i hear it and see it and read it um, is that the who has classified processed meats as carcinogenic i love when things come out like that because i'm just like you know if if that's what you want to do and say then fine there's going to be more of it for me and i'll gladly eat your share good hopefully it's cheaper yeah um also one more thing i could couldn't care less what the who says about anything i think they've shown themselves to be a corrupt organization time and time again second um there is some validity to that but it's very specific no it is when uh a bacon or ham has had more nitrites added than what is allowed, and it's charred. Mm-hmm. If you combine those two things, that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. But just saying all cured meat is a carcinogen is dishonest, and it just makes me not care at all about what they say. Yeah. If Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing that I'm at least aware of there is bacon. That's why there's 120 parts per million instead of like 190. And 200. And, or for, 210, something like two, that. Uh, for injection um, and... Dry rub are the differences yeah. there, but <clears throat> yeah, it, how many how many people are going to cook? Pe- well, first, people do overcook bacon sometimes a lot. Sometimes yeah. to cook, if you cook bacon to one hundred and sixty degrees, or uh, say just like Fry other other pork, cook it to one forty five, and just have it there for four minutes. That piece of bacon is not going to have any rigidity to it at all. It's still to most people is going to look raw because it's been cured and so it's going to maintain the pink color the flexible properties of the raw product mm-hmm. and people won't most people won't like it so they're going to over or you're gonna, cook it higher yeah most people are I, I don't know what it actually is we should try to temp it sometime i want to say people are going to cook bacon to like 220 250 i mean it's going to be a super high temperature but to get it to the point where it's uh, like actually carcinogenic. Like you have to not just like overcook it, not just cook it really high. You have to char it. Char like it. you were saying, it has to be like black. Now, it has to be burnt to a crisp. And if you at home like your bacon extremely crispy, you're fine because it has the correct ingoing parts per million of nitrate. Mm-hmm. It's not a concern. Yeah. Mad. The whole, we could do an entire podcast on how the food pyramid was a lie growing up yeah why is candy and sugar not the most important ingredient? it basically was they said you need 11 <laughs> uh servings of carbs a day and to eat very little fat it's like no that actually probably turn it right over don't eat that much bread and carbs consume more good healthy fats mm-hmm. and proteins yeah so well, the food pyramid probably follows uh, like what they were talking about in the article about med- medieval kings and not eating as much protein. Uh, what a ridiculous article. Some of it's just, some of it I think is just perception. It's things that aren't based on actual facts and it's the way someone looks at it and they think and they feel it should be this way. That's interesting, actually. Kind of like how how people view uh, Notre Dame and Kansas State. <laughs> I knew we were going to do that. <laughs> you but, feel like you're an elitist but Notre that's Dame But that's interesting because they use, <laughs> hey, kings didn't eat this way. You shouldn't either. Almost like they're trying to, or they're showing that to them, like a royalty is something you'd want to emulate. Where I look at that and I'm like, that's ridiculous and stupid. I want nothing to do with it. So it also used to be uh, like people would aspire to being like fat and obese because that was a sign of you having a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think that was ever actually true. You don't think so? I think it's the exact same thing that's going on now. I think for the first time in history, people, especially in cities, had a surplus of food available to them and couldn't handle it. And then just like now, fat people started getting offended. They're like, no, this is the ideal body. I really think that's how that went down. I don't know. Interesting take on it, though. Yeah. 
All my takes are interesting. All right. Anything else? That's all I got. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Uh, remember to like, comment, subscribe, leave a review. If you stuck around with us this long, I feel like you deserve something. Um, I'm going to make a coupon for something. Which, what do we want to give people for? Are we giving a coupon free? or giving like a product away? No, we'll give a coupon for something. It's so like a percent off? Uh, either a or? percent off or um, how many people used that? coupon to get the free two ounce shaker let's find that out and two then ounce injector two ounce injector thank you <laughs> and then i will lower that to the point where basically you could just use it we could literally just start giving some of those away and i would not be upset okay we so bought so many if you've followed us all the way to the end on your next order use why can i not find this marketing promotions there it is all right, use the coupon code. Do, 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 do. Uh, two, the number two, then OZ. So two ounce, two OZ. Use that on your next order. I'm taking away any um, dollar amount required for it. And you will get a free two ounce injector. I think I have to put a dollar amount, so I'll put one dollar. So place an order of with more than a dollar's worth. Use that coupon code, and you'll get a free two-ounce stainless steel injector. It's basically, the only thing you can't buy on the website is a can cooler. Aren't those a dollar nineteen now? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty are, sure they've gone that, over a dollar. We may have nothing left on the website for under a dollar. Then what dollars? That's kind of depressing. So many things used to be a dollar. A dollar's not worth anything anymore, though. I know it's I. I've been paying attention more and more to like fast food prices. I don't eat out like as much as Patrick did, but when Patrick was talking Disgusting. about the amount yeah, that he does. eats out and what it costs, I started looking more and it's insane. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand how things have changed that much in the past. Honestly, even like 10 years. We're getting old. That's what's going on. Uh, real quick. I was thinking the stuffer flusher. No, nope. there's three of those, but the, Suction cup feet. There's nothing. Nothing that's going to be under a dollar. Oh, yeah. Poly bowl scrapers. Dollar 19, I think. I'm sure this is riveting podcast material, but well, hold on. We need, we need to figure this out. We're going we're to have to add a product with the intention of, of just selling it for less than a dollar. Poly bowl scrapers, $1.49. Boy, we make nothing on that. <laughs> well, I guess we're not really selling them to make money but wow that's no margin. i found it i found it we have one item for sale less than a dollar it's not the sticker is it it's the sticker me just sticker for 49 those? cents i ordered i reordered that weeks ago oh they're back ordered yeah so they're out of stock but. yeah but i i <clears throat> so i switched it i made it the square me logo oh sweet um and i ordered those weeks ago Oh, some stuff is still taking a long time. I need to check into our uh, new thank you bags for the store. Checkout bags. We ordered those a long time ago. Are they the white those. ones that we got that one time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those ones are great. Okay, let's get out of here. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Meatistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to waltonsinc.com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.